How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You are listening to a live broadcast of Hey 19, where we will educate, illuminate, and entertain. And you can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and I will answer as many as possible. Before I get started, even though when we wrap things up, I like to thank everybody behind the glass. Today, special shout out to David, who is by his lonesome today with all the shutdowns and the stay-at-homes and keeping everybody safe. So somehow, David grew a couple extra arms and legs, I guess, and he is just running all the computers in the back. Okay, um, Passover's in the rearview mirror. School is still out. The weather is supposed to be warming up, and we're still dealing with corona. But today, we are joined by Shoshana Shear. Shoshana Shear is a private occupational therapist and freelance writer. She's the author of Healing Your Life Through Activity and an Occupational Therapist Story. Shoshana, we're going to see, does things her way, along with looking for ways to teach people how to help themselves. Shoshana, are you there? I'm here. Great. Um, David, I don't know if it um, matters. Um, I'm just telling my my producer, David. I actually don't see her on the screen, but it may not be necessary. But um, Shoshana, how are you today? Well, thank you, and you? I am doing wonderful. But you weren't feeling well before Pesach. How are you feeling now? Right. Um, it comes and goes a little bit, depends on when I have to wear one of those masks to go out and do an errand. Unfortunately, um, the masks affect me a little bit. It's difficult with the breathing, but uh, I'm feeling a lot better. Thank you very much. Okay, good. Now I see you on my screen. Because I myself, I had to go to school yesterday to pack up stuff for the for my class so they can pick it up on Sunday. And they made me wear a mask in school. I hate it. I, 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 it fogs up my glasses. It's hard to breathe. Right. So, but right. so we do what we have to do. Right. Anyways. Right. So, um, just but going upstairs with those things is a little bit hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And where you are, it's all stairs. Um, how right. is the shutdown now working in Israel? I know they've uh, let you get out of your house. You're not, uh, there's no soldiers in the street now. How is it now? There's, there's a lot of talk going on. There's some things easing up. They're talking about, for some reason, they've allowed special needs children to start to go back to school. I don't understand why special needs children go first, because to me, special needs children would need more protection. But in any event, those are the children that are first going back to school. Um, there's talk of certain businesses permitted to start going back again. Uh, some other developments, for example, uh, you might have seen on LinkedIn that we've had a project going that we've we've sold a number of handmade toys that are going to children in hospital. Um, just before Pesach time, they'd stopped all of the surgery happening in the Hadassah and Kerem 
ward partly because of the situation and they're slowly getting children back so we're on hold to get the the okay to let our to toys go to the children these toys were all made before the corona so that hopefully will not be a problem but it's interesting that a situation like this has a delay of children being able to receive something to give them a little bit of happiness but slowly slowly things are some things are coming back to working and a lot of things are still elderly people still are not allowed out at all um people with with uh weakened immune systems are still staying home that's what i can say for now a lot of okay. discussion happening on some of the groups okay good so you've already jumped ahead to some of the things because you're involved in all kinds of stuff which we're going to try to get to today but let's give people a little bit of a of an introduction you're almost like a world traveler cape town england um israel obviously right now so let's let's start who is shoshana Sher? um what kind of an explanation would you like? I guess I could say, to begin with, I'm trained as being an occupational therapist. Um, I'm also blessed with being multi-talented and I use all of my skills when I work with clients from anything from, uh, I've used singing and music successfully with, especially with blind children and uh, art I use all the time. Um, you'll notice if you, I'm sorry if it's jumping ahead, but if you notice, I have an online store where I create a number of products and art is very much what I, what I use for, for many of the services that I develop. Um, I've created products for, for example, a set of, of braille dominoes for a blind child using my creative skills. Sometimes I use, I've used that, um, to assist clients in, in, from a work point of view, and then that would be used with another client. So it's a benefit to be multi-talented when I have a profession of occupational therapy. Um, aside from that, I'm also married to a rabbi and living in Yerushalayim. And uh, yes, I have traveled to an extent. I have some work experience from England and from Chicago before coming to live, um, to make Aliyah and to live in Eretz Israel. So, I don't know if that's enough of an explanation. I could tell you a lot more if you're interested. I think we'll get to it. That's a, an excellent start. Just to, you know, as I ask the question, so people get a feeling for who you are, and you did exactly that. You're certainly multi-talented, and, and you use your talents to help people, whether it's children, whether it's people, and that's exactly what I wanted you to bring out. Um, I know I wrote myself a, a question over here, because you, you, you said Chicago, you said England, you didn't mention uh, South Africa, obviously you mentioned Israel. Um, just as, a, as an off-the-cuff, just because you've been more places than most of us, um, are, people, you know, like, are people the same everywhere? Or actually, through your travels, you found like really differences because of where people are brought up? That's a, a fascinating question. Um, something of an amusing observation that I've made has been in terms of the response to accents. When I was in Chicago, for example, the very first day that I was in Chicago, um, I arrived quite late at the, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, I thought I'd switched off my telephone. That's okay. 
You won't be the first person to walk away from me. I've had people look at helicopters in Israel while they were talking to me. But okay, <laughs> try again. Um, the the first, as I arrived at the residence, the place that I, the company that had headhunted me and brought me to Chicago for a year, um, had put me up in a residence for the first two weeks, and they didn't have anything available, refreshments or anything. So I went to a, what in Israel we'd call a makolot. I guess it would be a, like a small grocery um, store, like a little candy store, right. or a small grocery store. Yeah. Right. And one of the first things I wanted was a bottle of water. And to my amazement, they didn't know what I was talking about. I said, eventually I realized I was absolutely exhausted. I'd been traveling from South Africa to Chicago. Um, I was a little, a lot jet lagged. And eventually I realized the accent. I said to them, where's the water? <laughs> she said to me, right in the back. <laughs> Excellent, very good. See, so you figured it out, whatever it takes. Okay, so um, I know you have a book. Um, your book is called, we talked about it before, it's Healing Your Life Through Activity and Occupational Therapist Story. Um, one of the things we discussed, which I found to be fascinating, is um, you actually feel, believe, tried and tested um, that occupational therapy can do much more than what many people imagine. And could you explain that? Could you talk about that? Um, to an extent, I can. To an extent, I'd say that that really is the basis of the the theory of the profession um, that I I use very much. Um, the history of occupational therapy. Uh, the profession was initially using occupations, cre more creative types of tasks. Um, there were two, two different scenarios as to which occupational therapy came about. The first was in, um, um, in England, post -World, World War I, where they started using creative tasks with war veterans. And this, the other one was in um, a mental institution in America where they found that in patients in certain meaningful activities it enabled them to start to be more cooperative with taking medication, with getting up, with not just lying around. It started to reduce readmission. That's where the profession very much started. And in an attempt to become more recognized, there's been a lot more trying to standardize the profession um, a lot more need for clinical and so on. And as a result, some occupational therapists specialize tremendously that they, they hone down their skills. What I've done is I've looked more to the the core origin of the profession, the theory and the basis of the healing potential of, of occupation. And that's what I use a lot in in my, my intervention with this. Um, services that are or products that I develop. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it actually it does. Opens up more. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it certainly brings up more questions. But what, what what's interesting is I had thought that you were you became creative to go ahead and help people with occupational therapy in ways that people weren't using. And now you're telling me no. Yes. The the whole occupational therapy changed 
And if people would just go back to the way it was, it was originally set up, the way it was originally, I'll say, created, for lack of a better term, um, we would be able to help many more, whether it's adults, whether it's children. So, so yes, in other words, you're, you're using the occupational therapy the way it was meant to be used and finding right. success. Right? Is that, I got right. that? Okay, cool. So, right. so that you, is, you, what I could add to that is that the client base initially, as I mentioned, it was war veterans. So that was physical injury, physical rehabilitation. For example, those who had a spinal cord injury post uh, whatever, something that happened if a jeep landed up with a back injury or something. And as we said, mental health, those were the two main areas where our therapy began. What I've done is that I've used my professional skills in in, in areas. Um, I mentioned in book that I was the first psychotherapist assigned to the maternity ward, and since then I've been one of the therapists trailblazing the role of occupational therapy in women's health, maternal health, and so on. Um, and I've been blessed in in getting good results in working with women from preconception with fertility difficulties all the way through to motherhood. That's an area that being occupational therapy wasn't being offered. Um, you'll notice in my book, if you read it, that there's a chapter called, a section called Expanding Profession. Um, and that's really what, what I've been doing. I'm not the only therapist starting to use occupational therapy in, um, in, with other populations. And it really is an incredibly dynamic, evolving profession. So um, that's why you might see that I, I've worked with, with, fortunately, my work experience from pre-conception, pre fertility difficulties, all the way through to end of life. All right, so we're not going to go through the whole book, but and I, you already started talking about the book, but again, in that book called Healing Your Life Through Activity, Occupational Therapist Story from Shana Sher, could you share with us, really that book you explained to me is, um, is really almost like you were doing a study on how your occupational therapy helped different people in different situations. Could you share one of those stories with us? I certainly could. Perhaps what I'd do is I'll I'll share the the book was requested by the fathers of some of the some of the children that I was working with. And um one of the little children is incredible story. He's not the only child I work with, but uh, um a number of blind children there's a difficulty that arises not only for the child but for the parents because they don't know how to be able to interact and to help a child to to do normal day-to-day -to -day things like how do you get a blind little boy to use a toilet so it's something that requires as well as obviously the basic toileting process and uh, so a number of the children because the parents don't know what to do with it with their children they become what we call locked in they develop developmental difficulty not of a developmental delay but an additional problem for stimulation so a number of these children worked quite intensively with um, being in music um for a, for one of them in the hospital i i made a mobile that instead of being a visual mobile was something that in incorporated sound so that as the wind blew certain metal 
metal hoops and other items would knock against each other and become a variation of a wind chime, but it had items that were safe for the child to reach up and touch and feel. Um, that particular child, just to, to give an example of how profoundly occupational therapy can change the life of, a, of, a, of anybody, that particular child was a six-year-old blind with a physical condition as well. He was contracted in the fetal position at the time when I picked him up on ward round, and he could do absolutely nothing. His verbal interaction with anybody was to scream if someone came near him because of the amount of, of procedures and invasive interventions. And in terms of being able to do anything, he, he was fed by his grandmother and he did absolutely nothing. After 18 months of intensive occupational therapy, he reached a stage where he could walk with a walking frame, he could bath himself, he could get in and out of the bath, he could do his toileting, he could make a cup of tea, he could post shapes appropriately into a post-it um, toy. He was joining a music group that I had with some other blind patients um, of different ages. He was starting to develop interaction. He developed a beautiful sense of humor. Um, he was just an absolute delight to watch his progress and, and development. And by the end of the 18 months, if I asked him, uh, do you have any, any wishes or dreams, this little child who could only scream in verbal response was now speaking in three languages plus singing. And his two, two wishes instead of three wishes were to go to school and to praise the Lord. Amazing. So that's the beauty amazing, of amazing. For that story yeah. alone, everyone has to go out and get this book, which you'll tell us how to get <laughs> soon. But again, that book is called Healing Your Life Through Activity, Occupational Therapist Story from Shana Shear. Just for that story, but I believe there's like 32 different case studies that are definitely worth reading and, and learning what occupational therapy can do. But... Shoshana Shear is a, as we, as she already told us, is multi-talented and obviously can't sit still and just do like one or two or three things. So um, interesting <laughs> enough, you told me, I got a good smile, it's worth it. Um, I know that your personality is to always look to help other people and you actually have your own program to help widows. Could you talk about right. that program? And orphans. Widows and orphans. And orphans. I just uh, widows. I'm sorry. Widows and orphans. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, initially started working with uh, with orphans at the time that they get married. That was my entry point. Um, working with widows and orphans has a personal meaning for me because my my paternal grandfather was Nifter. He passed away four and a half months before my father was born. So I never, I've never even seen a photograph of what he looked like. So I learned, I grew up with a first-hand knowledge of what it, what a widow could be like because of my late grandmother. And um, my father was Nifta when I was in high school. So uh, I had that experience, unfortunately, as well. And so it's something that's close to my heart. Um, the whole experience of growing up as a as an orphan or a widow, the different 
difficulties and challenges and uh, I've started to do some research into the effects to development of children who are, are orphaned. There actually are some some effects to to being able to function independently in life and it's fascinating for me to watch and to take note of the correlation between what I'm noticing in the scientific journals to what the Torah teaches. But uh, for me personally, I had some some challenges um, when getting married myself and uh, unfortunately didn't get the assistant that I needed to, to have my own, to start my home correctly. I had a couple of rude, difficult remarks and after a challenging first year, followed by um, a break-in in in the home where we were living, we we moved five times in Shana Rishona, and after that, I decided if there's a teaching in the Torah, especially from the Baal Shem Tov, uh, uh, from Baal Shem Tov's grandson, uh, Rabbi Nachman, that we sh that everything happens for a reason, and we should look for the positive points in any situation. So I started to consider what could be the positive benefit of the strange series of events that took place when I got married. And uh, in having difficulty finding what was the positive, I decided to use it for a positive and help other, other orphans at the time that they get married. Um, through that, I started developing a thrift store, which has since changed into instead of collecting items I hope to get back to that, but at, at present I'm creating and developing items that I sell on my online store and uh, I'm working towards being able to to get the sales to a level that I can start to do job creation and skills training and so on for widows and for orphans. Um, I hope that that gives some insight. I can talk a lot more about it if you have the time. Yeah, I wish I did. I don't have the time. But just to, to review, to make sure that, that it was clear, one of the things that Shoshana has created, and she's going to tell us how to find it, she has an online store. I'm going to say it's in Israel, but it's obviously online, so who cares where it is. But it's the purpose of the store is, first of all, so there, the money that comes in is used um, for charity, to help orphans, to help widows, to help uh, when children get married, if they don't have the funds that they need, all that stuff is, the goal is to be funded through the store. And uh, whether Shana's right. creating the artwork that people sell in the store, whether she's teaching people to, to, uh, to make artwork in the store, all those things um, is, again, one of the things that Shoshana does. I told you she can't sit down, can't sit for a few minutes. She's very, very busy. But we're also busy, and our time is almost up. So, Shoshana, I'm going to ask you for three things. First of all, I want to know what? how we can get your book. Second of all, I want to know, most important, how we can find your online store, either to shop there or to donate to the things that are important to you. And thirdly, which you have about two minutes for all three things, is if you want to leave us with a quick thought. So go for it. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Um, firstly, my book is available on, on Amazon and other online bookstores, so it's very easy to find. Um, Amazon has a number of branches, Amazon America, UK, Europe, so it's easy to find. It's also on Book Depository, which offers free delivery. Um, aside from that, my my online store is Creations from Jerusalem. So although it is online, um, 
I like to bring in the fact that it's from Jerusalem and perhaps I'll leave it with leave you with a thought related to my store and why I called it Creations from Jerusalem. And if you have a look at the logo, the logo has a shofar built into it. And um, in our banner, we have a picture of the Kotel. Uh, one of the, one of the, or two ideas that are special about that is number one, that one of the talents my late father had was an amazing ability when he blew shofar really really beautiful so that's again a memory of my father there's a um a page of there of acts of kindness which is in the merit of my late father and uh of course the shofar is blown both to to bring us back to to teshuva to living life according to how god wants us to live life instead of how perhaps we might want to and some something that i've been working on has been a, my path really from when I was in my third year of university and very much in my first five years of working, having worked in a lot of physical rehabilitation and seeing tremendous horrors of man's inhumanity to man, I came to, to look at um, one of the things I took out of that from having been the first therapist in, in maternity was the potential and the important role of the mother so bringing in working with women as as a wife and mother and in addition to that is my desire to look for a way for both prevention and to help to build a world where hopefully we won't have such tragic um, results coming needing to come into the hospitals either from trauma from car accidents and so on and, uh, and so I've been really searching all the time and I didn't realize that part of what I was searching for, which brought me back to Torah lifestyle was that really my heart's desire is for Geula, is for redemption. So that brought, brings together the concept of the Kotel and the Shofar and the acts of kindness really is the, the best healing for the world to help to bring us closer to redemption. Shana, I have to thank you tremendously. I encourage everyone to check out Shoshana's online store. My music is playing, Shana. I have to say goodbye. Have a great Shabbos. Thank you for joining us. Thank the wonderful sponsors and listeners. I couldn't do it without you. Remember, stay home, stay safe, and enjoy. Thank you to my wonderful production team. All I have is David behind us. Until next time, I'm Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.